Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome into Coffee Break. Troy Shockley back with you. Not feeling 100%, but we're going to make it through this morning. The show brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, call David at Versant. 459-8565. And today, the day we have set aside on the Coffee Break calendar to chat with one of our city officials. And today, we get to chat with Fire Marshal Lou Anzenick. It's about that time again when we go through our reminders about summer fire prevention and preparation. And, well, the Fire Marshal is just about the perfect person to talk to about that. So, Lou, thanks for taking time to chat. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and it's timely. It's a good time. So I appreciate the opportunity to be able to to talk to you about that, and and hopefully we can um, some share some good insight for people to be able to start thinking about now. You know, and if they have questions too, I would say by all means please contact my office, um, Helena Fire Department four four seven eight four seven two, and be happy to help them out even more. So some of this uh, is. This is stuff that we've heard before, right? But it's really no different, I suppose, than when we get that first big snowstorm, right? Uh, it seems folks kind of forget how to drive in it a bit, and we're going to assume that folks also need some fire safety reminders. Yeah. You know, um, so the, the I guess a good place to start would be um, making good choices. You know, we, we can never um, factor out the thunderstorms that come in and the lightning you know that that's always going to happen, but um, if if the days start to heat up and the humidity starts to to go down and the winds pick up, which is pretty common around here, you know people should be really aware, have good situational awareness of of what's happening around them, you know, and and make good choices. So um, open burning is always something, you know, and we can we can control that for the most part, where you could shut burning down depending on conditions. I think it's important for people to know and understand red flag days, you know, and when we have red flag days, what that means, um, what critical fire weather, you know, on, on those days. And then, and then also, um, you know, think about what it is that you're doing. Um, unfortunately, we've had so many of these fires that are human caused uh, for things like, you know, a, a big thing for whatever reason has been shooting and, you know, exploding ordnance and things like that and then of course you have fireworks but even some of the other stuff you know like if if people are out welding or um, doing hot works you know in an area prone to to having wildfires you know be aware of your surroundings um, not to say to shut that down I mean people have to continue to be able to do stuff like that but have things in place you know and so um, that piece of it goes goes a long ways you know, and and then it kind of leads into the other piece, which is understanding, you know, what people can do that live in these, these wildfire areas. There's a figure that I saw the other day. I think there's like 45 million homes across the United States that are prone to, to wildland fires. And, and so for the people that are in those areas, there's a lot of information out there, you know, and we'll, we'll go through some of that stuff today and talk about some things, but, um, you know, I'd, I'd say the big thing for people is, is is just understanding and knowing, you know, what's happening around them and understanding that wildfire is a big part of our 
our culture in Montana. Probably good, Lou, if we swing back around. You mentioned it there, red flag warning. Uh, can you explain that? What does that mean when we hear on the weather forecast that there is a red flag warning for the day? Yeah, it means that we have critical fire weather. Um, you know, typically what's associated with that is high heat, low humidity, and winds. And, you know, that's that's a significant combination for substantial wildland fire activity in an area, particularly if you combine that with cells that move, move through, you know. So we have cells, thunderstorms, you know, with a lot of lightning, dry lightning, not a lot of rain. And then you couple that with that low humidity and, and those winds and the topography and the fuel, um, you know, it could be a recipe for disaster. So on those red flag days, and I think that there's a lot of work that's been done over the years to make people more aware of those, you know, via the radio channels or news channels or TV stations or whatever else, um, be aware of that, you know, and, and maybe hold off on going out into the woods that day and, and uh, maybe hold off on, you know, some of the stuff that I was talking about and, and, you know, not add to that uh, potential on those days. So those are our enemies, so to speak. You know, there's always fuel, weather, and topography are the big three with wildland fires, and and um, weather is a is a critical factor. So, you know, on the red flag days with weather like that and then heavy fuel loading and then topography has a big influence. And those days, I suppose, uh, you know, especially important when you're somebody that has to go out and, you know, say burn a ditch, you know, the things that maybe need to be done. But you've got to be really careful when you're intentionally lighting a fire don't you yeah you're you're liable um it's a significant amount of liability if you know i tell people all the time um if you don't have to burn don't burn we don't issue a lot of burn permits in the city of helena um the burn permits that we do issue are, are geared towards the south hills with a lot of the mitigation work going on up there between the forest service and dnrc and and uh, our city of helena crews but you know, the the reason why we don't is because of the significant danger, you know, in a tightly clustered community like we have. So, you know, anytime you light a fire, a small pile or burning ditches or a big pile, like you said, you run that risk. And it's important for people to understand that, you know, that's why, you know, they talk about timing and um, early morning and early spring and having resources in place and making sure that it's being done safely, you know, and as we, we move, you know, farther and farther into the hotter weather and the hotter time of the year, none of that should be going on at that point. You know what I mean? And while so many of us are out and about in the Montana outdoors in the summer, not everyone is right. But, but that doesn't mean that they won't potentially be impacted by a fire. So what do we have to do in or around our homes to make them as safe as possible? Absolutely. You know, being in this business for as long as I have and um, as a firefighter, you begin to, to gauge certain areas, you know, based on the work that has been completed by the people in those areas. And that makes a huge difference, huge difference. So, um, you know, the big thing I think that is important to clarify for people is, 
there's a huge campaign and it's a very good campaign about being ember aware. And one of the sites I would I would point people to is National Fire Protection Association. So if they go out to, to NFPA.org, um, NFPA has done a fantastic job of providing a whole bunch of information for people on wildland fire and understanding wildland fire threats to homes and communities. Um, you know, a big misconception has always been that these, you know, large fires where it's the flame front that's coming through that's that's burning these homes and and they estimate between 80 and 90% of the homes actually are ignited because of embers. And what people don't realize is is that embers, you know, can can be uh moved from a fire up to a mile to 2 miles ahead of that fire. And so you have big ember showers that come through, you know, with with um the fire and wind. And so there's a lot of work being done to try and get people to to really understand their importance of of ember awareness, you know, for example, wood roofs or or roofs that have an accumulation of pine needles and leaves on them. Um that's a perfect opportunity for an ember to get into that bedding and and catch that roof on fire. And and through these websites you'll see a ton of videos, you know, where it shows actual fires you know, all around an area, but nothing close to these homes other than small spot fires started by these embers. You know, so they talk about um, your home, around your home. They talk about, you know, the intermediate zone, which is zero to five feet. And in that intermediate zone, they talk about, you know, dead vegetation and dried leaves and pine needles and ground debris and things like that in your foundations. And they talk about, um, you know, hardscape and a perimeter, um, you know, it, it, how is the home constructed? Is there fire-resistive vegetation and fire-resistive materials that are used as a part of that construction? You know, they talk about not using wood chip, chips, excuse me, and, and using gravel and things like that next to homes. And then they talk about decks and, you know, and, and things underneath your decks and cleaning stuff out, removing wood piles. You know, a lot of people have wood piles next to their homes and moving those away from the home at least 30 feet. Um, the thing with wood piles is is you'll get buildup, you know, with leaves and pine needles and things like that. And so, again, it's another avenue for an ember. And also in that zero to five feet, you know, trees and shrubs next to homes. A lot of people have heard about juniper trees and, and how, you know, some of this vegetation is explosive and, and – uh, and the type of vegetation you have next to your home and branches that are overhanging or, you know, within 10 feet of the roof and, and so on and so forth. And then they move out to the intermediate zone. And in the intermediate zone, you're looking at things like driveways and walkway paths, you know, patios and decks and keeping lawns green, you know, lush and green and um, keeping them mowed. And, you know, the vegetation in the area is, is the vegetation in that area spread out. Um, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to have tightly packed vegetation. And um, they talk about the ladder fuels. Ladder fuels are huge, you know, and when you have the smaller fuels that lead into the medium fuels that can climb up into the larger fuels and get up into the treetops. And, um, you know, a big thing I would stress at, at that point is just, 
the watering and stuff like that. And then they talk about the 30 to 100 foot, which again, you're talking about heavy accumulations of debris and ground litter and, you know, dead trees and dead plants and um, storage sheds is a big thing. You know, and a lot of fires, that's one of the things that, that we would see is we'd work so hard on, you know, on a, on a piece of property and the home and the garage and things like that, you know, but then we would have, a battle with sheds and outbuildings and, and people forget about that. So you want to make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, things are clear around those sheds and outbuildings. And so there's a bunch of information, um, you know, I'd love to be able to have more time to talk even more in depth on that, but people can certainly call my office and go out to NFPA website that I was talking about to get even more information. You know, and Troy, the other thing I think that's important too is, is that people think about a plan when it does happen, you know, an emergency plan, um, their evacuation routes and, you know, how they're going to communicate and what they're going to do and so on and so forth. Especially if you're in one of our areas that's right up against a forest. Uh, This is a real threat that has to be taken seriously. So, uh, Lou, let's go worst case scenario here and say there's a fire. It's headed toward a neighborhood. What's going to happen on the firefighters end of things? What's going to need to happen on ours? Yeah, so... You know, um, the biggest thing that's important is, again, going back to that situational awareness, when there's a fire in the area, you should have been doing things way ahead of time to prepare for that, to be able to, to get out of there. You know, um, you you should have go bags and you should have um, plans in place for your pets and family members. You know, not everybody's going to be home, so you have a meeting place you know, somewhere in town potentially, um, you have the ability to be able to communicate. You know, you you should have your vehicles prepared. You should have um, your your home should be prepared. You know, they they talk about um, closing all interior doors, and um, you should have everything you know removed from your deck. There's photos of even trampolines that are too close to a house that you know, or picking up embers and then it catches a trampoline on fire. And unfortunately that leads, you know, to the structure. Um, You you know, the lawn furniture and things like that, the wood piles that we talked about, all that stuff should have been taken care of well ahead of time. And people should know how they're going to get out of that area. What are their evacuation routes? You know, you should always have two ways out of an area. There's a primary way and then there's a secondary way. The city of Helena has uh, set up evacuation routes. You know, there's three different zones, zone one, two, and three. And I would encourage people, um, you know, they could put Helena evac zone plan in their Google search and and it should pull it up. Or they can go to the Helena Fire Department website under the resources tab and they could take a look at that. But that's an example where ahead of time you can do a bunch of preparatory work and know, you know, that if something happens – in the South Hills and, and you need to evacuate how to get out of there and what roads to use, you know, and it's the main roads um, that can handle heavy traffic, but don't wait. Um, You know, I could tell you some of the biggest frustrations on the fire line is when we're trying to get in there and it's jammed up with people trying to get out, people who've waited too long, um, you know, stay out of the area once you're out of there. And then, you know, the biggest thing that I can tell people is if you've done a lot of prep- preparation ahead of time, 
to create the defensible space and do the things that we've talked about, that makes a huge difference for the firefighters that are going to go in there. You know, um, there's some of these areas that are just, you know, absolutely overgrown and to the point where it just is not safe for firefighters to be in there. Um, there's a lot of judgment calls and decisions that are ha- have to be made through, you know, the management process with the, the resources that are there, um, you know, and and uh, the firefighters ahead of time are doing a significant amount of training. And, and, you know, we're fortunate across the state of Montana because of the relationships between the local fire departments and the Forest Service and DNRC to be able to respond to these things and respond effectively effectively and quickly you know so um the big thing that i would say as a takeaway is is the work that people do ahead of time troy um you know that is such a huge factor you're tuned into coffee break this morning on news radio 95 kcap fire marshal lou antonick with us and we do have to take a break at some point so we'll go ahead and we'll do it now and then we'll come back and chat more on coffee break I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back. This is Coffee Break brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. Fire Marshal Lou Antonick with us this morning. Appreciate him hanging out and hanging out for the full show even. And You mentioned, Lou, before we went to the break, having a bag ready to go. Uh, it's a time of heightened stress, of course, when there's a fire and there's no time to sit and think. What's the best way to... Just make sure that we get everything we need. Does it come down to just something as simple as making a list ahead of time? There's nothing worse than waiting until the last minute. And when people wait till the last minute, everybody's familiar with that. And then they're stressed and they're rushing around. And there's just no way you can be effective. And it's easy for people to be able to put together a bag like, you know, what they tell you is important documents, Um, your credit cards, your medications, you know, um, anything that you feel that you would need, you know, clothing, enough clothing for up to a week, um, family heirlooms, you know, some those things that are important to people. Th- those, that's very simple to put together. You know, put it in a in a container, put it in a bag, put it in a couple of containers, um, have it ready so that you can grab it, grab the pets, you know, grab the kids and jump in the vehicle and get out of there. And, um, you know, it, it makes a big difference. And it's something that, that you know, again, seeing the frustration on people's faces where they wish they would have, you know, and so now's the time to be thinking about that and, and put those things together. 
And then when someone knocks on your door from the sheriff's department, fire department, wherever, they're not doing that unless it's serious, unless it's an immediate threat. So you do have the right to stay in your own property, I guess. But my non-professional advice, if you're asked to leave, please leave. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, you know, that I could tell people is please, um, please leave. You know, please know that we're going to do everything we can. Law enforcement's going to do everything they can. Um, they're not doing that, you know, because they want to do that. They're doing that because of a reason, you know, for the, their safety and for our safety and for our ability to be able to be effective. And and um, can't stress enough about that, that it shouldn't even be the law enforcement officer walking up to the home and knocking on the door. You know, at that point, those people should have been gone a long time ago. Um, and that helps out so much. I understand, you know, everybody understands the concern, but I think it's important for people to, to know that, that, you know, the fire department and law enforcement, everybody involved in that incident is doing everything they can and will continue to do that until the end of that incident. In terms of being out where fires can be started, Lou, how do we know when a fire is really, truly out? People thinking the fire is safe, but there are embers just sitting inside that log waiting for a breeze. Yeah, cold and dead out. You know, I think that has been around for a long time and utilize that. I mean, if you're going to be out in an area, you know, and, and you're going to have campfires, um, make sure that it's in a ring, it's contained. Have water, um, have a shovel. Uh, before you go to bed, make sure that thing is, is out, completely out, and drown that thing. Drown that campfire and stir it up. Make sure you stir it up really good and and make sure that you, you feel comfortable that it is completely out. Um, you know, what I always tell people is is go to bed knowing peace of mind that, that you completely extinguish that thing and, and there's there's absolutely nothing with, left and no chance for it. You know, be, be careful with mechanical equipment, especially when we start getting into July and August and, you know, depending on how the summer carries from there, but any equipment that you have out there, um, you know, fireworks, um, so on and so forth. Just, yeah, but campfire safety, I mean, that, that to me is just a pretty simple one because um, take enough water with you, you know, for for your needs for drinking and cooking, but also to be able to drown out campfires. Fire Marshal Lou Antonick with us this morning. And, uh, Lou, this isn't always just campfires, right? I mean, it can even be just a, a car or a truck sitting in high grass, for example. Absolutely. You know, stay on roads. Stay on designated roads. Don't go off, you know, cross-country. There's a reason why they're doing that, a variety of reasons why they're doing that. Um, you know, if, if you're out in your um, – ATV or your razors or, you know, all those things, you should have fire extinguishers and um, shovels and things like that. And, and, and again, you know, staying on those designated routes, don't going off, off those routes and make good decisions. Um, can, you know, can it wait to run that mower across, you know, that tall section of grass, you know, that, um, probably should have been done, you know, earlier on, but now that it's dried out, is it a good idea to to uh, to go across there with that 
because it's mechanical. Um, you know, we've had charcoal briquettes. Uh, people are constantly, you know, throwing out charcoal briquettes when they should be put into a can with a lid on it, you know, and then drowned drowned with water inside of that can. And, and so, um, you know, what I always tell people is, is, is when you're doing something is ask yourself, you know, is this safe? Is there a potential for risk? Is something going to happen? And if the answer is no, listen to your gut instinct, you know. And if we're out, we see fire, maybe more likely we see smoke that looks out of place. What then? What should we do? Yeah, call 911 immediately. Um, you know, if you, if you see something, please call 911. Um, even if it turns out to be nothing, the fire department and other resources can go out there and check it out and hopefully get on this thing quickly um, before, you know, it does escalate and get bigger. And that's so critical, that initial attack piece that we have, you know, we're 90, if we could keep 90, 95% of those fires, you know, between one and 10 acres and get on them quickly. And, and that starts with the public saying something and, and saying something. The other thing along those lines too is, um, Troy, people can go out to uh, www.smart911.com and they can sign up today um, or they can, you know, click on that and um, they can load their cell phone in there and they can get information, you know, emergency information too. So, you know, on the on the reverse side, it, it gives you an opportunity to uh, plan ahead for emergencies and, and um, it's a pretty big project. You know, and, and it, it, it keeps people informed on emergencies in the community and weather and traffic and so on and so forth. So, you know, that's something that's beneficial coming into this wildland season. But, yeah, going back to your question, uh, don't second guess. Call 911. Lou, thanks so much once again for your time. And thanks for the work that you're doing out there, uh, you and everybody else, to help keep our community safe. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Troy. It's always a great opportunity to be able to meet with you and have these conversations. And if the, anybody has any questions, please contact my office again, 447-8472. Uh, happy to help them out. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.